Welcome to the Building Your Dream Career podcast with Three Skills co-founders Toby, Josh, Mariane, and Anissa. Welcome to Recruiter's Corner. I'm your host, Marian Encina, 3Skills co-founder and recruiter. In today's episode, I have a chat about sourcing with Amanda Hadi. Amanda is a Toronto-based cultural programmer, producer, and talent specialist. She has worked in many fields and industries, and some of her employers include the Toronto International Film Festival, the Art Gallery of Ontario, the Canadian Opera Company, and Against the Grain Theatre. During the pandemic, she pivoted into tech and began a new career as a senior talent sourcer for Shopify, and now for 1Password. Have a listen and enjoy. Well, hi, Amanda. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. Uh, today, we are going to be talking about all things sourcing, and I thought you would be the perfect person to have a little discussion around that. Oh, thank you so much for the invitation. I'm really excited to be here and just share some hopefully new discoveries with your audience. Perfect. So maybe we can get started and just dive right into it. So for anyone who's listening who doesn't know what's sourcing, what would you describe it as? Yeah, for anyone that's like a potential um, candidate who's um, in the job market, um, a sourcer is not a recruiter. I'm just going to put a big pause there. <laughs> Sourcers are not are not talent acquisition specialists. They're not recruiters. They're not hiring managers. Sourcers are kind of these <laughs> amazing internet detectives, like professional like talent hunters or headhunters that go out and find, like identify, and then engage and attract candidates for potential opportunities at any workplace. And often these candidates don't even know that they're looking for a new job yet. Like you might not even be open to the market. Um, so we are people that are kind of the experts at finding people online or pre-pandemic, finding them in person at conferences and events and inviting them to join the kind of um, talent pool and interview process with a company. So we're the first point of contact for someone. We're the sort of like friendly face and the introduction to a future employer. And uh, we work in many, many different ways. That's awesome. I love that description because you really are a little detective scouring the internet and looking for the best talent. Um, so like you said, this is someone who, as a candidate, who has not applied so they haven't yet shown interest in the role so as a candidate let's say that I am wanting to get source uh, sourced how would you suggest someone go about doing that exactly the question is like how do I get discovered by like a headhunter or a talent sourcer or as I call myself an internet detective and I would say the easiest way to get to discover to, to become discovered is to be online like Put yourself online. And I mean, the favorite place for a lot of talent specialists to go hunting is, of course, LinkedIn. So if you don't already have a LinkedIn profile, oh my goodness, build one right now. Or if you have one, but it's super out of date, update it right now. Put your current titles, your skills 
even things that just make you seem like a fully developed person, all of your hobbies and volunteer work, your education, the more the better, because what we're doing is we are looking online using keywords and search strings to find people that kind of match the job that we're looking to fill or the company that we're looking to hire for in general. So please put yourself online, make your profile public and discoverable. And you can do that on LinkedIn, but also just be someone that is maybe publishing on other social media sites as well. Like I love looking for people on Twitter, people who are writing blog posts on medium.com for developers. If you are on GitHub, you know, the more repos that you add to the better, like all of these great websites that you use for your social life are places where we'd like to discover you. So that's a really great place to be found. So basically it's putting yourself out there with your professional skills, but as you said, like also wherever you use the internet, also just having a presence there. Exactly. So if you're someone that is even a community activist or someone that um, maybe doesn't have a lot of professional experience, but has more volunteer experience, making sure that the organizations where you're doing that work have you on their about page or in their bio section, like places like that are also where we might be looking to find a candidate. So don't worry if you don't have a super long resume or a lot of detailed published projects online. Just making sure that the places that you have given your time to um, are also mentioning you on their websites are great, great solutions to that big old question of, I don't know if I have enough experience. I don't know if people can find me. I feel like that's a perfect uh, opportunity for people who are doing volunteer work. So if you are just starting to get experience in a specific industry, um, so you don't have that as like full-time employment, but you are volunteering and helping other companies. I feel like that's a great opportunity to be like, hey, would you mind highlighting me? Would you mind including my information on your website? So that's something that would kind of pop up into your searches. And then ultimately you're on someone's radar, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. You know, I think a lot of people just want to know about you as a person, like usually um, nine times out of 10, a candidate has the right skills and experience, but it's the extra details that make us um, learn a bit more about them, what engages them, what kind of workplace would attract them. So if you're someone that loves, you know, entrepreneurship and building online stores, like that's the thing that we might see in your volunteer experience or your family history, you know, stories that you're telling. So the more detail, the better. And, you know, I'm sure you have a lot of advice for candidates as well when it comes to just sharing their story. For sure. And I feel like that's, um, I don't know if this has anything to do with it, but if you are someone who is like posting a lot on a specific subject on LinkedIn, um, does it help in your search results that someone is actively posting or is it more on specifically like keywords that are on the profile? I don't know if you would be familiar mm. with that answer. Yeah, no, um, our searches can like um, pull up both posts um, and keywords on profiles. So it doesn't really matter where you're putting um, your content as long as it's on the internet is what I'd say. Like a good sourcer will know how to find you. 
And so if you're someone that doesn't even like LinkedIn, but is like really, really active on Twitter, for instance, um, like make that your, your place where you publish. Um, I find a lot of really interesting thought leaders on there um, who are, you know, championing causes or talking about things that are near and dear to their heart. And that's just as great a place to talk about what you're interested in and places you'd like to work. So don't worry about where you're posting it. But of course, if you're someone that is a really big blogger and is like active in writing, can, you know, posts to contribute to discourse, that's great. Like that's another really big positive sign that you also want to give back and share, like, um, you know, your learnings with um, your colleagues and your friends. So definitely, you know, I can't stress this enough. Like, don't be shy. <laughs> You can't be introverted. You're on the internet. You're there to network. So yeah, just be as vocal as you can and we will find you. And would you say sourcing is only good for one industry? So let's say only good for technical people or would you say that is completely mistaken? I think it's a. It's definitely um, a, a pre-existing thought that a lot of people have, which is that sourcers are only looking for technical um, candidates, people that are engineers and so on. And that's not the case. Like, I think that I saw a percentage recently that like 60% of jobs in tech companies are actually non-technical, Like they're, they're kind of like my job or like people that work in marketing and communication. So you are desirable no matter what your industry or background or field is. And sourcers are hiring for all of these roles. We're not just looking for engineers and technical leaders. There's a whole other side called business sourcer. And then there's a technical sourcer and there's executive sourcers. Like we are there to fill every open vacancy, um, you know, every niche role that we can. So no matter what your background, um, as long as you're really um, kind of being as detailed as possible on your profile, like we mentioned, putting all your relevant skills, experiences, um, and things you're looking for, we will find you. <laughs> I really do sound like that character from Taken, you know, I will hunt you. Down. It's like, it's nonviolent. It's all said with love. But this actually segues maybe nicely to like a tip I would give you, which is if you want to be found, if you want to be headhunted and not have to go through the whole process of finding and applying to jobs, um, is to make yourself someone that's reachable. So do you have like a website that you've linked to or a contact page or an email address that would let people reach out to you about jobs or even just letting yourself be openly messaged on LinkedIn? Like that's a setting you can change make yourself open to receive messages and the messages will come. I love that. And do you feel like this is more of a passive job search strategy or can it be also a little bit more on the, I guess, active job strategy to want to be sourced and to get like multiple people reaching out to you? Yeah, I think it goes both ways. Often I am reaching out to candidates that are like what you just said, passive, quote unquote, meaning that these are not people that have applied to a job at the company I'm working for right now. Um, they're not actively looking, but they're online. And so for me, if you're online and you currently work at a company, you're fair game. You're probably someone that is maybe always open to just hearing about new opportunities. Um, but often, sometimes people I reach out to have already been in our pipeline. They've even interviewed with us before, or they um, are really connected to the company. So it, it's like there's no one 
way to get into our interview pipeline. And you might be someone that even worked here before and left, and now we want to recruit you back. Um, there's so many avenues to come work for a company and it's up to us to kind of turn your head. I'd say that the active part comes from my end. It's up to me to kind of send you that really interesting message that makes you want to chat with us because that's all I want. I, I'm not trying to offer you a job with my first message. I'm just trying to get you on a phone call to hear more about us and to see what you're interested in. And hopefully there's a match between those two things. And you started um, kind of making that differentiation between a sourcer and a recruiter. So at this point where you mentioned your goal is just let's hop on a call, let's have a conversation. Uh, at what point does that candidate kind of get handed over to another person or like at what point mm. is your job as a sourcer kind of quote unquote complete? I, I know there's never one pathway to this journey. Um, like I said, I'm kind of like the friendly face that like knocks on your door and says, hi, you don't know me. I'm a complete stranger, but I found you. I think you're interesting. And I think that you may like this company that I'm sourcing for right now. Um, and sometimes our conversation just begins and ends at an email. And I don't even talk to them on the phone. I might even hand them over right away to the hiring manager, who's also a big fan of that person and, and their profile, or I might hand them over right away to the recruiter. And the recruiter is like your guide throughout the hiring process. They will make sure that you are um, being walked through every level of interview, every stage, they'll be your point of contact, but I don't go away either. Like I'll hang out in the background. I'll check in now and then. Um, I like to stay in touch and make sure that my candidates are being taken care of. So it really depends on the search and the profile, but often I could be the first person they're speaking with, the hiring manager might be, or in this case, the recruiter. So what we're really promising is we just want to get you in a conversation with the company, quote unquote, and then ideally set you up with the right person to talk about where you want to go next in your career journey. That's amazing. And I have a question um, I guess it's a little bit tied to what you were saying previously about being open to receiving messages. Uh, what would you say are um, kind of the do's and don'ts of being sourced? Um, a do being obviously make sure that you're posting, make sure that you're open to receiving these messages. But on the flip side, what would you say um, if I'm getting a message out of the blue, I haven't applied, uh, what would you say are like, um, good etiquette to have with sourcers? I'd say, yeah, think of it as like um, a friend is trying to refer you to a job and they put you in touch with like that person at that company. You know, how would you talk to that person knowing that your friend connected you? You know, would you be very brusque and, you know, annoyed? Or would you try to give them the benefit of the doubt that they're also looking out for your best interests and they just want to see what you're interested in? So I always say like kindness goes such a long way. I know we're sending you a cold reach out and you didn't ask for this message and you probably have a really full inbox. But if you can, I always suggest, you know, you can write the shortest message possible saying like, I'm not interested, no thanks. But even that alone is, is lovely. Like just responding is a great, great tactic. Um, it's a nice sign. It makes us think that maybe you might want to be approached in the future. Um, so always respond because you never know when you might actually be open to work or open to that opportunity or have a friend that might want that job. 
Um, so that's a do. Uh, I'm going to stay away from don'ts because I think you can imply the opposite is the don't. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then another, you know, tip I would say is, you know, refer friends, actually. Like, again, if you're not interested in a role or the company, but you um, actually maybe have someone in mind, we love getting warm referrals, especially from talented people like you, because odds are, you know, other really smart, talented people in your network. So always, always, always don't hesitate to send us a referral or another friend or profile or offer to connect us with them. We love that. It's all about networking and social networking. And then finally, um, if again, you are interested and you'd like to interview with us, please just give us the best method to reach out to you. So if we reached out to you via Twitter or an Instagram DM or a LinkedIn message, and that's not your favorite inbox, let us know a better way to talk to you going forward. Like if you have a preferred email address, one that you've used just for talking with recruiters and sourcers, or if you have a calendar link where you like to have these calls booked with, send us all that information. Um, we want to make sure that we're not bothering you too much and that we're getting you, you know, on a call as easily as possible, because we know we're the ones that are kind of like, again, knocking on your door uninvited. So yeah, just be kind, always direct us where you want us to go and always refer friends. Those are really, really great things that I would do if I got a cold reach out as well. And there is also a bit of a, I guess, different opinions about the open to work banner that shows up on LinkedIn. I'm curious to know, like, what are your thoughts? I know that at the beginning when it was just released, some people were saying like, it makes you look a little bit desperate. Uh, don't use it. Um, but I feel like for the purposes of getting sourced, if you're in a position where you're able to have the open to work, which is probably someone who isn't currently working, um, it, does seem to me like that would be a no-brainer of who you feel like you can reach out to. Is that correct? Yeah, I love it. I There's no shame in that profile status <laughs> change, like that little banner. Do not feel any remorse for putting that in your, um, I think it's like a green uh, circle. Maybe you can help me. I can't remember the color. Exactly. But- yeah. It's at the bottom yeah. and it says like open to work in a circular shape and it looks like a hash it's wonderful I again I reach out to anybody even if they don't have that uh that banner that sticky note but absolutely put it on there it does um help other people know that they maybe won't be turned down by you if they reach out um I don't believe at all in the word desperation when it comes to job hunting especially now I think it is like we're seeing it's a candidate's market you know there's definitely um yeah there's so many open roles and there's um you know a lot of choice now that you as a candidate have so um it's up to you if you want to put that banner I love it personally and if you feel like maybe you don't want to be so flashy but you are secretly looking for work you don't want your current employer to know (laughs) There is a hidden status that you can toggle on your LinkedIn profile that says open to work. And it doesn't show up on your profile picture. It shows up as like a secret status that only people with LinkedIn recruiter, like the premium LinkedIn can see. So other people in talent recruitment who have this like super baller, uh, you know, recruiter access can see that status. And you probably know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But again, if you're a candidate, go into your profile, um, edit, and you'll see that this is a switch you can toggle on 
that is only visible to other people that are recruiting. And you can even specify if you're interested in full-time, part-time, remote, you name it. Um, so again, it's a secret status and one that's not as public or flashy as the other profile picture settings. So you can kind of hide it from, you know, parties that you don't want to see. And I think the toggle that you're talking about doesn't alert your current employer, right? I feel like that is um, obviously a really good feature that LinkedIn built so that you're not like alerting your current employer that you might be thinking about leaving. Um, so for anyone who's worried that this might so- like send the wrong signals to your current employer, they don't see it. This is for other recruiters and sourcers and hiring managers who have access to LinkedIn recruiter that they can be like, oh, this person is on the market, whether that's like an actively looking or um, just like casually looking for a better opportunity. Um, just rest assured that this is not LinkedIn trying to tell your current employer that there's trouble <laughs> in paradise. It's a little bit more subtle than that. Exactly. Yeah. It's like LinkedIn cares about your privacy (laughs) as much as you're giving them a lot of data. They do know how you want to use the product and they will not spill the beans when you have this secret uh, job uh, status change. So yeah, I love that status. You know, I would even recommend never turn it off. Like even when you have a new job that you're really happy with, because again, it lets people know that maybe you'd be open to getting a message and you don't necessarily have to reply to that message or even take a call, but um, you can kind of build a a target company list for when you are ready. So it's always good to just keep that status open to let people know that you're always willing to connect with other people in the industry that you're in. That's amazing. And I feel like whether it's the green banner as the profile picture or that um, toggle on and off, uh, I feel like that's an open invitation for people like you as sourcer to reach out and at least know that you are open to hearing about other roles and other opportunities. And then it kind of shifts to you whether you want to respond and how you want to respond. And obviously following your advice of even if you're not interested right now, just sending a quick note so that I think that helps everyone involved so that you can start, you can stop sending messages that might be not welcome. Or um, I always feel super uneasy when I don't reply to a message. So even (laughs) if it's like a short message to at least know like, okay, I have done my part. I'm not being rude and not replying. Um, So keeping kind of the tips that you also shared in mind as to like how to how to interact with the sourcer. You could not have said it better. I I don't think I have anything to add there. I, I mean, I will say, I know it's overwhelming to get so many messages though in some cases. So you can't feasibly reply to everyone. And we don't want you to feel awful guilt for not <laughs> replying to every cold reach out you get. Um, so, you know, use your best judgment. Um, you know, I, I think taking mental space, headspace away from screen time is so, so healthy and so important during the pandemic, especially, but absolutely, if you are on the job market, responding to those messages when you do have the bandwidth is, it's just like paying it forward. You never know when you actually might want to connect with that sourcer or recruiter down the line or refer a friend or ask about open roles. I have connections I've made 
since the first spring of the pandemic, who we've kept in touch over the years. And a lot of great roles have come as a result. Um, so it's it's kind of like building a pen pal friendship for lack of a better term. And that's, would you say that you tend to approach people more um, that you are reaching out to over LinkedIn um, or like a cold search that you would start a LinkedIn recruiter? Or would you say um, someone posts something that's really interesting to you that you're like loving their content and that prompts you to reach out to someone? Or would you say um, it's like a 50-50 split? Oh, I wish it was as clean as 50-50. That would make my week so organized. <laughs> it really like, it depends on the role. Like if I'm sourcing for like, let's go back to that business role. Like if I'm looking for like a brand storyteller, yeah, I'll actually probably do one of those backwards searches where I'm not actually starting in a search engine like LinkedIn. I'm actually maybe going to cool websites and um, blogs where I know that these people are publishing or commenting or are members. I might be joining my favorite place to source are Slack communities. So if you're part of a local community um, or a meetup.com group around a topic, that's where I like to find people in certain domains. Um, so again, you can be found anywhere just to reiterate that like kind of creepy point that I keep making. I will um, find you. <laughs> yeah, I will find you and hire you. And uh, so, oh my goodness, I've lost the thread here. But I think, yeah, to your point, you can be found um, on LinkedIn for sure, but also on all those other social networking sites, even if you're just a member, even if you're not posting, if you're just like a someone that attended a conference, like we might find you through the conference list that's published because we're also uh, an attendee, just like we wouldn't, you know, if we were networking in person. So there's so many avenues to be found. I wouldn't stress about being super online or super um, hyper posting. It's more just like, do your due diligence, do the, the kind of um, up, seasonal updating of your LinkedIn and of your online portfolio and, you know, join the networks pretty frequently. And hopefully that's enough to lead us to you. I love that. I feel like that just leaves so many options, whether you are more of a Twitter person, whether you're more of a LinkedIn person, um, don't feel like you're not putting yourself out there enough. I feel like the right person, the right role will kind of find you, whether that's through like whatever social media outlet that you use. Exactly. And even if you don't want to be um, someone that has a lot of stuff online, like I mentioned, just even attending some online conferences is enough because we go to those as well. Like um, even if we ourselves are not the developer or the brand marketer, we go as sourcing attendees to, you know, talk about our companies and to network and to meet people um, in these like very funny virtual waiting rooms now. So even just signing up for things like that, where you want to level up your own skills in your industry is a great place to meet other folks, obviously, and also meet potential hiring teams like us. I love that. I feel like I would have never thought of like going through an attendee list, but that's also because I'm not the internet detective that you are. <laughs> um, but no, I think that's amazing for um, anyone listening out there who is maybe still on the fence about what to post, should they post, um, but they have something to say. Here is something that can 
come out of it, a new job, a new connection, or maybe even a referral, as you mentioned, like there's only good things that can come from people sharing their expertise online, because I do feel like everyone has something to say, right? Everyone has some value to add, um, especially for people who are passionate about um, about what they do, passionate about what they're learning, um, personal career. Um, so if you're on the fence about, do I really like, do I really have something that's worth saying? The answer I feel like from this episode is definitely yes. You never know who is trying to find you. You never know who is mm. like interested in reading and like hearing what you have to say. And honestly, like one decision can completely change the course of your career. Exactly. And if you think back to how a lot of people find out about new jobs or even get them, it's through their social network. It's through their friends or former coworkers who are giving great word of mouth information about the company and about you. So think of the internet as a larger place to do that. But, um, you know, these aren't maybe all IRL <laughs> friends, like in real life friends. Mm -hmm. There are people that you just know from, let's say, the boot camp you went to or the Hacker U course you signed up for. Or like I mentioned, you're part of certain Facebook, Twitter, Slack groups, meetup groups. Um, you know, I, I love meeting people in Latinas in Tech and the Grace Hopper Women in Computing group. Um, you know, job fairs, summits, if you're just signing up for those communities to meet other people in your industry, to meet other people in your groups, that's so wonderful because you're getting two things out of it, right? You're getting, well, you're probably getting more than two things. Like you're getting thought leadership and like, you know, um, ideas on how to level up in your career. You're meeting other like-minded people and you're letting yourself in a way be found by folks who are also hiring. So go online to meet people in your industry. And then the outcome is um, hopefully the right company will also reach out to you and save you that, um, you know, the uh, hassle of having to apply for a role because we'll have networked with you in some of those groups already. And if you're not looking right now, then in the future, when you never know, honestly, when you might be in a position where you're looking for a job, right? Sometimes it's unexpected that you find yourself without employment. And I'm sure that if you had reached out and had a good interaction with someone in the past, that if now they reach out to you, you'd be more than open to like having a conversation, which was your goal all along, right? Just let's get on the call. Let's have a conversation. Yeah, I... Cannot stress that enough. I get a lot of uh, no thank you, not right nows when I send a reach out because they say I'm not looking or I'm not ready to switch jobs. And I, I kind of laugh because I'm like, well, I'm not offering you a job. <laughs> I'm offering, <laughs> I don't want to sound like really cocky. It's more like I'm not offering you a job. I don't have the capability to offer you a job actually at, in this point, <laughs> in, this, in this corporate ladder. I'm offering you a chance to talk with me or a team member to hear more about the company I'm working for and to find out what you're into and interested in and see if there's a match. And then from there, hopefully a job offer comes that you accept and we can impress you enough also that you'd want to keep talking with us. But all I'm asking for is a conversation. Like that's the goal of a sorcerer and a headhunter and, and a recruiter at the end of the day is 
we just want to meet you and get to know you and figure out like it's like a date it's like is this going to work or is it is are we vibing properly um so always think about saying yes especially if you're happy in your current role especially if you're not looking because there's no better time to be open to job opportunities than when you're currently happy and content it's when you're out of work or um, really stressed out about a job hunt that it is the most uh, complicated and demoralizing to be job hunting. You want to save yourself that stressful period by paying yourself forward now and maybe taking a call or two every month, even if you're not ready to potentially take a job offer. Um, and you can be really upfront in that first call. Um, I think a lot of people appreciate the honesty. It's, it's again, it's just more in your best interest to think about building that company list of when I am ready, I want to go there. I had a great call with them. I love that. I feel like everyone and everyone listening should just say yes to a phone call next time. You never know what that can lead to. And like you said, maybe it just ends up with a super amazing pen pal that you're just constantly talking to, or it might lead to um, just a very valuable connection if you ever need it. Um, And again, no stress. You're not looking for a job you're not um, like on a time crunch to find a new role. It's also a perfect time, as you said, when you're happy. I think that's it. Yeah, that's like, I want to just end on that note, which is like, when you're happy, <laughs> when you're happy is the best just time. Just say yes. To be <laughs> just say yes, exactly. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Amanda, for sharing your insights on sourcing. I really enjoyed this conversation. And We'll end it on that. Just say yes, be open to new connections and yeah, keep posting, yeah. keep putting yourself out there to be found. And on that note, please find me. I am Amanda Hattie on LinkedIn. Uh, and I'm sure that will be a URL somewhere on the, on the podcast. I'd love to meet you and to learn about you. And I, yeah, thank you so much for inviting me. Love this podcast, love this initiative. And yeah, I can't wait to help everyone uh, land their dream role, wherever that might be. Love that. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Building Your Dream Career. If you got some value out of this, feel free to share it with someone that might need it. Or you can leave a five-star rating on the podcast. Visit the3skills.com for free resources to help you build your dream career. See you next time.